This episode of First Line is sponsored by TrueLearn. TrueLearn is an exam prep company best known for their smart banks that turn your weak areas into your strengths. I decided to partner with TrueLearn because it is the only company I trusted for preparation for Comlex Level 1 and Level 2. Each TrueLearn SmartBank practice question has detailed answer explanations and succinct bottom lines to get the big learning takeaway. For my listeners taking the USMLE, TrueLearn also has an amazing USMLE SmartBank. If you are in your third year, TrueLearn also offers SmartBanks for shelf exams and Comat shelf exams. Go to truelearn.com and use one of my special discount codes for up to $35 off your subscription. Special discount codes can be found in the episode description. Welcome to First Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. First Line brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. First Line is hosted by Anchor. First Line can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. This podcast is for informational purposes only. This is not intended to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. I encourage you to seek the advice of a physician, a DO, or an MD with any concerns or questions you have about your symptoms or medical conditions. Hello everyone, this week I'm going to be talking about the thyroid gland and also a few thyroid disorders, talking about hypothyroidism as well as hyperthyroidism, and addressing some of the misconceptions about these disease processes. So the thyroid gland is very important to a lot of processes of your body. So this is a gland that is located in the lower part of your neck, and It produces thyroid hormones that uh, help regulate your body's growth as well as metabolism. And it also contains some cells that produce calcitonin, which is a hormone that is involved in regulating the amount of calcium in your body. And calcitonin is involved in specifically lowering the amount of calcium that is in your blood. And it can do this through several ways, such as um, inhibiting breaking down bone, because that would increase calcium in your blood. Um, It also acts on the kidneys to increase the amount of calcium that is excreted into the urine. It can also act in the intestines to actually lower calcium absorption from your diet. 
And this is specifically not really related to hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism. This comes up a little bit more with uh, thyroid cancer. And calcitonin can actually be given to patients with osteoporosis because it can help bone health um, in this population because then the bones are not breaking down as much. But thyroid hormones is what I'm going to focus on most. So there's, there's T3 and then there's also T4 that are both synthesized by the thyroid gland. And the thyroid hormones act on many different parts of your body. In the heart, thyroid hormones increase heart rate and they also increase your cardiac output, so your heart's ability to pump blood. Um, and it does this through increasing the contractility of the heart as well as increasing the stroke volume, which is the amount of blood that is moved per contraction. And thyroid hormone also acts on the lungs by increasing respiratory rate, also acts on the nervous system, and then thyroid hormone impacts the reproductive system by affecting fertility and also menstruation. And then um, thermoregulation, thyroid hormone is involved in uh, heat generation. And then metabolism is, is the big one that's often focused on when it comes to thyroid hormone. So thyroid hormones uh, increase the basal metabolic rate. So that's the amount of energy that your body requires for basic function of your body to maintain life. And thyroid hormone is also involved in lipolysis, which is the breakdown of lipids in the body. And it also is involved in protein metabolism as well as carbohydrate metabolism. Thyroid hormone increases gluconeogenesis, which is the production of glucose, um, so blood sugar. It's also involved in the breakdown of glycogen, so breaking down your glucose stores so that you have more glucose. Um, so glucose is the main molecule involved in metabolism and energy in your body. Um, that's why blood sugar is so important, but can also cause issues if your blood sugar is too high. So the thyroid hormone, you can see, has a lot of functions in the body. And it's actually regulated by the brain. So the brain and the hypothalamus in particular um, speaks to the pituitary gland, which is also in your brain. And then that releases hormones that will tell the thyroid gland to produce thyroid hormones. And then there's this negative feedback loop, which basically means when your thyroid gland is producing too much thyroid hormone, your brain knows that and then stops producing the hormones that tell the thyroid gland to produce more. So that's why your body is always able, is usually able to regulate how much thyroid hormone is in your body. Other things that might impact the release of thyroid stimulating hormone from your brain is if there is a lot of glucocorticoids in your body. And glucocorticoids uh, can increase if you are under significant amount of stress or if you are taking steroids for 
a variety of medical reasons, um, this can actually lead to a decrease of TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone and then also cause a decrease, therefore, of thyroid hormone released from your thyroid gland. So that's why it is often said that having a high level of stress can actually cause hypothyroidism. So next I want to talk specifically about hypothyroidism. So this is when you have a low level of thyroid hormone activity in your body. This is uh, more common in women than men, three times as often seen in women as men. And the most common cause of hypothyroidism is Hashimoto thyroiditis, which is also known as chronic autoimmune thyroiditis. So this is associated with a lot of other autoimmune diseases. A lot of times in patients that have autoimmunity, um, we see other autoimmune diseases. So an increased risk in patients who have type 1 diabetes or lupus. And um, Hashimoto thyroiditis is found in about 5% of the population in the U.S. And this diagnosis in particular is seen more often in women than men with a 7 to 1 ratio. The onset is most commonly in adult women between the ages of 30 to 50 years old. And patients with this may have a goiter, which is an enlargement of the thyroid gland, and usually that is painless. And a lot of times it starts as asymptomatic, so you don't have any symptoms, but then people will start to get symptoms later on, and uh, that can include a cold intolerance, a fatigue, constipation. Other types of hypothyroidism, it can be caused by a decurvain thyroiditis, which is also known as subacute granulomatous thyroiditis, which usually occurs after an illness. And it's self-resolving, so it, it goes away eventually, but it often occurs after a, an upper respiratory infection. And a lot of times people will have hyperthyroidism to start with, and then hypothyroidism, and then they return to having normal thyroid hormone. Another cause of hypothyroidism is postpartum thyroiditis, which is also known as subacute lymphocytic thyroiditis. And this occurs after pregnancy. Usually the onset is 1 to 12 months after delivery. And I've actually seen several patients that had this diagnosis. And so usually they will have a short period of hyperthyroidism. And then they have hypothyroidism. And that also usually resolves without treatment. Another cause of hypothyroidism is like I mentioned, um, something going on at the brain level. There's also several medications that can decrease thyroid hormone. Uh, lithium is a drug that is used for bipolar disorder as a mood stabilizer that can cause hypothyroidism, as well as amiodarone, which is a medication used for arrhythmias like ventricular fibrillation or ventricular tachycardia. So a lot of these disorders are pretty similar in that the effects of hypothyroidism 
and the symptoms are pretty similar in that when you go to the doctor and you explain all of these things that are happening because the thyroid hormone impacts so many body systems, your physician, your doctor is going to have suspicion for thyroid disorder if you have a pattern of symptoms that indicate that. So again, thyroid hormone, because it's involved so much with metabolism, hypothyroidism will show a general decrease in metabolism, and this can cause skin dryness, um, even a hair loss. You might have a change in your mood. You might have almost symptoms of depression and symptoms of lack of emotion known as apathy. And also somewhat common is to have cold intolerance. So always thinking that you're really cold and being sensitive to the cold. And then you may have a decreased heart rate. Uh, you might notice that you're not sweating as much, so you have decreased sweating. Um, you might notice that your GI tract is slowing down, so you have constipation. A big one that is often seen is fatigue and poor appetite as well. But a lot of times people, despite a poor appetite, will endorse gaining weight because the metabolism is slowed. Some people experience muscle discomfort and um, many women will notice a change in their menstrual cycle that maybe they will have amenorrhea where they won't have their period anymore or they will have an increased flow. Men or women will, will often say that they have decreased libido, and then men might have erectile dysfunction. The workup for it is usually pretty similar once hypothyroidism is suspected. So thyroid function tests are obtained um, looking at thyroid stimulating hormone level in particular. And if Hashimoto's is suspected, antibody testing can be used for that. Treatment is usually pretty consistent across the different types of hypothyroidism. Usually that involves hormone substitution. So for whatever reason, your body is not producing enough thyroid hormone. So doctors will usually give you thyroid hormone. And that's usually um, levothyroxine I see used most. So that's a synthetic form of T4 hormone. And your body is able to convert T4 to T3, which is another thyroid hormone. And that is the form that your body actually uses. Occasionally, leothyronin can be used, which is the synthetic form of T3. And that's usually used in more of an emergency situation where you don't want to wait for your body to convert from T4 to T3. That's what I'll, I'll discuss about hypothyroidism. So moving on to hyperthyroidism. So this is the increase of thyroid hormone. And this is also more common in women than men with a 5 to 1 ratio found in about... 1% of the population. And so there, there are several different 
processes here one one is graves disease which is also an autoimmune condition like hashimoto's but the opposite in that it involves increased thyroid hormone and this usually presents in people in their 20s another disease that can cause hyperthyroidism is toxic adenoma which is a mass in your thyroid that is a functional mass in that it's a mass that also functions to produce thyroid hormone and that usually occurs in the 30s and 40s and then there's also something called plumber disease also known as toxic multinodular goiter which occurs in older adults greater than the age of 50. But Graves' disease is the most common cause of hyperthyroidism of those three. So these symptoms of hyperthyroidism should make sense since I already went over hypothyroidism. It's basically the opposite. So instead of cold intolerance, with hyperthyroidism, you get heat intolerance. So you're, you're always hot and you are very sensitive to heat also makes sense that you would have perhaps more sweating. Um, and because thyroid hormone is involved in metabolism, you will have an increased appetite and weight loss because it increases your basal metabolic rate. And you will also have an increase of your gastrointestinal system. So you will get more frequent bowel movements, sometimes diarrhea. And despite all this, people usually experience fatigue and weakness. In Graves' disease in particular, it is associated with changes in the eyes, specifically protrusion of the eyeballs. So this is something that you can do a Google image search and find what this looks like. Some people will have a goiter. People will often have increased heart rate, maybe even palpitations. They might have increased blood pressure. Some people have a tremor and in, in women, they can also experience menstrual irregularities like amenorrhea, so absent period. Uh, they might also experience infertility, even some abnormal uterine bleeding as well. Men will in particular, they might endorse decreased libido and erectile dysfunction. So these are symptoms at the reproductive system level that is actually pretty consistent with hypo and hyperthyroidism. So they're not really opposites in that way. From a psychiatric standpoint, um, hyperthyroidism can cause anxiety, but it can also cause depression and insomnia. And hyperthyroidism similarly is worked up with getting the thyroid functional testing and other labs are often gathered too and the treatment of hyperthyroidism is a little bit different there's not really a good medication like there is for hypothyroidism that is pretty consistently used a lot of times treatment starts out with treating the symptoms of hyperthyroidism. So beta blockers are often used to block the fight or flight type symptoms, such as the increased heart rate. Propranolol in particular is the first line treatment, but other beta blockers can be used as well. Otherwise, if someone has a 
a reason for not being able to start a beta blocker. Uh, one in particular that I think of is for patients with asthma, then calcium channel blockers can also be used. But a definitive treatment for hyperthyroidism is going to be with radioactive iodine ablation, which is a nuclear medicine technique that destroys thyroid tissue. Also, surgery is also known as definitive treatment. So, uh, removing the thyroid gland and then providing replacement thyroid hormone. So, I hope that this episode was uh, informative and educational for you, that you were able to better understand what thyroid issues look like, and I encourage you, if you do have symptoms consistent with hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism, that you consult your physician, either a DO or MD, and primary care physicians or family medicine physicians are very knowledgeable about thyroid disorders, so you don't necessarily need to see an endocrinologist to manage your thyroid disorder. Those primary care physicians uh, can assess you and can do the workup to diagnose a thyroid condition and maybe decide down the down the line to refer you to a surgeon like if you need your thyroid gland removed or to an endocrinologist to manage a little bit more of a complicated case but otherwise i hope that you know that this episode is for educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as medical advice. So please, if you have questions about this or you think that you are affected by a thyroid disorder, that you reach out to a physician uh, to help you personally. Let me know that you like First Line. If you are listening on Spotify, tap the star to rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, Scroll down and tap to rate or write a review. Thank you so much for your support. You can follow Firstline on Instagram at Firstline Podcast or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Firstline Podcast. Stay tuned for a new episode every Monday.